Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sean Lee Davis. I'm a filmmaker, conservationist, green entrepreneur, and impact investor. And this is Our Future Nature, a podcast spotlighting the ideas, technologies, and solutions for a more sustainable world. In this season of the podcast, we'll be speaking to advocates, entrepreneurs, scientists, and thought leaders about global, environmental, and social issues, and how we can go about solving them. I aim to separate the real talk from the greenwash and dive deep into novel technologies and solutions to help you understand just how exciting sustainability can be. With that said, let's get on with today's episode. Our guest today is Adam Raby, entrepreneur and founder of Mazu Resortware. Hey, Adam. Hey, Sean. How's it going? We made it work. We made it work. Yes. It finally got it, got it going. Finally got it going. Well, thanks for joining. And thanks everyone no for logging on. I know you're all busy. So as I was mentioning, we this is part of a series where I interview social entrepreneurs, uh, thought leaders who are making a difference by pivoting their businesses towards a more conscious approach, uh, sustainable approach to business um, from uh, interviews around the world uh, on, this, on these topics, which of course, even more important now in the age of COVID, that we don't waste this opportunity to uh, create a new normal, uh, which is also a great opportunity. So I've been reading a book by Lily Cole, and uh, she it's entitled Who Cares Wins? And she correctly, nice. yeah, she, I don't know if you've read it, Adam, but it's good reading, but she's uh, pointing to this new uh, paradigm where businesses have to show that uh, they care about the environment or communities, otherwise they're gonna lose out. And actually new, Statistics point to this. A new study that came out from goodmustgrow.com saying that 29% of respondents said that they were purchased from a socially responsible brand and 68% stated that they'll consider its ability to have a positive effect on society and the environment as one of the key factors in buying or purchasing that brand. So anyway, that's enough of the preamble. Uh, over to you, Adam. <laughs> you are the founder of Mazu Resortware. Woo! Yes. Uh, yes. I'm a, and I also wear your your uh, your trunks. Do you call them trunks? Uh, it depends where you come from around the world. I think some people call them swim shorts, trunks, like boardies. I think like you go to Australia and everyone calls them boardies, but boardies to you and me may be like longer, kind of surfer style shorts. Okay. But um, yeah, trunks. No ball crushers or speedos. No, no, not, not yet, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. And just give yeah. us a little quick background about why you started it and what you inspired to start this brand. Yeah, no, I mean, um, so I started it based upon a, a book that my dad wrote, which was called Temples in Hong Kong. And I was quite, I couldn't find a kind of an Asian inspired brand in Hong Kong and even in Asia. So all the brands that were, being sold here or being represented here all kind of came from a Western background. And I thought to myself, well, Hong Kong and Asia have some of the most beautiful destinations in the world. Why is there no representation? And obviously like Hong Kong, which is obviously Hong Kong, fragrant harbor in Chinese, it kind of makes a quite a, a unique link. And yeah, and then basically set, set my goals to kind of do what I can to help ocean conservation. And I remember at the start of the 
the business, I thought to myself, I'm going to do everything I can to throw in everything I do to help ocean conservation. But, you know, like it's, there's some challenges along the way, which I'm sure we'll get into shortly. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. it's hard conservation pay, but as we're going to find out, you know, being sustainably minded is paying off dividends. So what made you, because not all Mazu wear is made from recycled plastic, but you've launched this new line of bamboo. Uh, I believe you're wearing one of the bamboo shirts now, and you've also launched a new line of trunks, which are made out of recycled plastic. What made you uh, pivot towards this more sustainable direction? Well, like I said, at the start, it was always, the goal was always to kind of have a brand that was going to be sustainable. When you're, when you're starting off as an entrepreneur, it's actually really difficult to find. And seven years ago, eight years ago, even nine years ago, when I was first initially trying to develop the concept, I couldn't find any, any good factories that were able to produce the quantities that I want and the quality that I want with sustainable materials. Um, it was a lot harder back then. I mean, it was available but the problem was they were, they were demanding, you know, 20,000 pieces. And for a startup company, it's, it's, it's a difficult challenge to sell 20,000 pieces in your first go. So it was about building the foundation first. And then as years progress and technology came better, I was able to find fabrics that truly represented um, the designs and photography that were able to as well as the quality that matched my standard for swimwear, basically. And that's how and you we mentioned before the that recycled. Yeah, no, no. And that's how we developed the Mazu, uh, you know, recycled plastic range, basically. Okay, great. And just quickly going back, you mentioned something about like interesting, which is not necessarily about sustainability, but there aren't many Asian bands sort of selling Asia or the aesthetic of Asia to a global community. Why is that? Why, why do Asians always value something from the West or from elsewhere? I, I think, I think obviously from a fashion point of view, I think it's all about name brands. I mean, you look at other Asian brands that are doing well. I mean, the perfect example in Hong Kong would be Shanghai Tang, you know, back in, back in the nineties, they were doing really well. Um, and then, don't know what quite happened since then, but that's a different story. But um, it's, I think it's the balance between East meets West kind of thing. Cause I think Asian style is not always preferred by a lot of people, but then, you know, the, the Western style is a mixture of different kind of fits and different colors. And I mean, you're wearing a normal collar today and I'm wearing a Mandarin collar, but you know, the little differences, some people prefer that some people don't, and it's trying to find the balance. And I guess, being half Chinese and half English, it kind of allows me to try and find that balance. So it allows people to enjoy both both aspects, which is Bella, what I try to do. Apple. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and with this new direction with sustainability, tell me, uh, like you talked a little bit about the challenges of creating that. Have you seen that this actually works in your favor from a business point of view? Is this affecting your bottom line like, or is it affecting, is it bringing in new sales and new revenue? Yes. I, I mean, we, we released um, uh, a line that we worked with the Hong Kong Dolphin Conservation Society and we donated 10% of our proceeds to uh, and sales of those shorts to them. And it definitely helped because at the end of the day, like the pink dolphins is actually completely unique to Hong Kong. You can't find 
pink dolphins anywhere else in the world. Only place you can find pink dolphins is in Brazil, but they're freshwater dolphins. But um, something to do with the like the sea, the the sand, and and kind of the pollution around the Hong Kong area has actually unfortunately turned the dolphins pink in this region, and the numbers are diminishing very quickly. But the overall species, in terms of what, because they're actually called the Chinese white dolphin, which in the Pearl River Delta there is thousands of so they're not actually a uh, classified as a, a kind of a extinct species or going to be because the larger um species is actually still doing very well but somehow they turned pink in hong kong and it's completely unique to this region which is quite i think it's quite cool and for a swimwear brand i think dolphins is quite a good good design to show off in terms of like it's got western values because dolphins are very intelligent and things like that but the pinkness is very unique to hong kong which is that kind of angle that we're trying to go for and yeah and and it helps definitely helps like a lot we got a lot of good publicity about it and we definitely it's definitely sold out sold out in some designs and yeah i'd like to do more and the next step was the recycled plastic so i think there's still more to come i think do you envisage a, uh, envisage a future where basically all your products are made out of sustainable materials? Yeah, I think eventually. I mean, I'm definitely trying to... I mean, I look what Adidas is doing, and I think, I think what they're doing to make a goal to basically go fully sustainable by, I think, 2024, which I think is pretty cool. I think it's to make that transition doesn't happen instantly. It has to take time. You and I know that there is so much plastic around in the world, and trying to reduce it, you know, instantly is, is quite hard. So it takes steps. Um, you know, we're starting to use kind of more sustainable bags as well in terms of just, so we're working with um, a company called uh, Decis uh, D Distinctive Action, and they kind of have these kind of uh, bags that you can put in hot water and they're completely disposable and have no environmentally you know, they're good for the environment and you can, yeah, it's pretty cool. So we can all take steps. And I think the best thing about plastic and the worst thing about plastic is that it's such a great material. And when you're, you know, shipping boxes away, you need something to protect it, um, especially when you're shipping to clients or things like that. So we try to use recycled um, boxes as well. So some of them that, you know, we use more than once and to at least have more than, multiple different uses, which I think is the key when it comes to sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. plastic is an amazing material, but it's also, that's what makes it such a uh, dangerous material because of its disposability. As we know, of 8 million tons, well, probably more than that, is, is thrown into the ocean every yeah. year. Only 10% of plastics that have ever been produced have ever been recycled. You know all the statistics, but one interesting statistic here, which I want to sort of test you on is, you know, as much as 20 or 35% of all primary source microplastics in the marine environment are from synthetic clothing. Now, the fashion industry has a lot to answer. I think, you know, they, we're only now waking up to the devastation that the fashion industry has brought uh, on the world. It is now being recognized as the one or first or second most polluting uh, industry in the world. And the fashion industry has to really mm -hmm. change its way what this, is, this conversation is all about. But how do you specifically, you know, if, if people are washing your clothes, 
and that's causing some of those microplastics to go into the ocean. What do you say to that? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's difficult because there's, there's a balance between cheapness and quality, right? Not everyone can afford to buy the most expensive things or not necessarily the most expensive, but the highest of qualities. And usually the ones that are, you know, the highest of qualities are the most expensive things. And, you know, fast fashion, you know, the likes of, you know, the big names, you know, they're churning out things so quickly to the point where people are maybe even using them one time and then unfortunately throwing them away. So I've always, I've always had that philosophy of like things have got to have more than one purpose. At least you have multiple purposes for them. Um, like we're developing a kind of a rash vest that potentially can be used as a jumper and a rash vest. So it kind of cool. eliminates two, two things. And I think, I think, like I said, I think that's the key when it comes to sustainability. I mean, like, you know, even if you do end up using a t-shirt from a big name brand, you know, if it does wear out, maybe use it as a rag for your floor or at least have some use that is more than what it should be. And, no, you're right. The fashion world has a lot to answer for. And, and I think if we can all go over to more sustainable fabrics, it, the better it is. I, I just think it takes time. And I think you can see the progression happening now. It just takes a bit of time, unfortunately. Now, a quick word about our sponsor for this episode. Our Future Nature is brought to you by Authentic Gallery. Authentic Gallery makes buying and collecting stunning and impactful art easy with a portion of proceeds of every purchase going towards vetted partner charities. Want to buy art and contribute to an impactful cause at the same time? Check out Authentic Gallery, spelled A-W-E-T-H-E-N-T-I-C gallery.com. So please visit AuthenticGallery.com to start browsing now. We just had a question posted by Richard Chamber. Thanks, Richard. Question <laughs> just a little bit, so I'm not always asking the questions. What's your biggest challenge, Adam, in convincing people to choose more expensive, usually more expensive, sustainable products? Thank you, Richard. Yeah, I know, I know Richard obviously comes from a brand that actually does a lot of good sustainable stuff. So actually, his company that he works for actually does a lot of good stuff. I think when it comes to trying to, it's not, it's, it's not the right word to say, but getting people to pay more for sustainable, I think it all comes down to branding. There is a reason why people wear certain clothes because of that connotation of what the brand represents. And if the brand represents kind of recycled things, you know, why do pipe people drive Priuses? Or why do people have Teslas? There's certain brand values that people buy into. And I think that's part of the reason why people pay more money for certain things. But at the same time, like, now sustainable sustainability in fashion is a lot cheaper than it used to be you know I, I can order a lot less quantities with my factory than what i said before like twenty thousand pieces and i'm sure richard chambers's company they can do a lot smaller quantities now as well with, with sustainable fabrics which opens the door for more brands and more people to be able to enter the market which is which is a good thing i guess uh more competitors love love competition <laughs> absolutely well, what's the company that richard works shameless he works for a, yeah he works for a sports company called tsunami okay cool um and they do like customized sports apparel which is it's pretty cool and actually their chambers's brother is um 
has done a really good job kind of developing that brand. And now that I think they're, if I might be wrong, but I think they're 100% sustainable as well now, which is quite good. And they do all sports, sports apparel. So there you go. Next time on, on the board. <laughs> okay. Just actually a quick, uh, as a quick plug for another brand, there's a, on this topic of microplastics, uh, up to 700,000 microplastic particles can be released into the environment during every one laundry cycle. So, you know, whenever we put clothes, synthetic clothes into the washing machine, you know, obviously we want to get clean clothes, but we don't realize the damage that that's causing down the line in the oceans. So um, there's a brand called Guppy, uh, which is like a, a microplastic bag, which you can put your synthetic clothes in to stop the microplastics from leaching into the water. And uh, that's a great recommendation for anyone out there. Uh, uh, Katrina, who's on the line, she recommended, my girlfriend recommended that to me. So uh, she yeah. actually just two of them to me today. So I highly recommend everyone to check out Guppy because I think that's a great little, really easy way of, of, of stopping the microplastics from getting into the, um, the ocean ecosystem. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think everyone, I think the key is that everyone can do their part. I mean, it, it's impossible. And I admire the people, I, there are some, you know, influencers you follow that they completely cut plastic out of their lives. And, and I'm amazed that, you know, you can, that you can do it. I mean, I'd love, I mean, I'm going to challenge myself for a month to try and cut out single use plastics. Yeah, it's difficult. And, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. And your, your friend yeah. Richard, Quite, quite keen actually I can just let him ask the questions what's on the horizon <laughs> and what excites you most about the available technology it's a good question because technology obviously uh, is going to have to play some part a, a big part in trying to reduce this impact that we're having yeah I think the, the biggest part of technology towards fashion is the way we recycle things so I think um, as I'm sure Richard knows and people don't know the way kind of plastic gets recycled they have to it has to go through a lot of processes to kind of make sure it's clean so that they can break the plastic down in order to turn it into fabrics and different things like that so i think that technology potentially you know like bottle caps and we don't all need labels on the bottles for example if i mean if you're going to drink out of i mean the water companies can do more to make the whole recycling process better and there are companies out there that don't have labels on them that are like kind of embedded into the plastic and it's better for recycling. And I think as the technology comes along, we're, we'll be more efficient definitely at, at, um, at recycling quicker than that we can then therefore reduce the labor because the labor is the biggest problem when it comes to factories to reproduce plastic. Because people think, oh, once you throw it in the bin, that's it, it's gonna go to a factory but no, you know, it has to go to a factory plant and then it gets turned down, go to another factory. Then there's a long process that before it actually becomes an actual fabric. So technology will definitely enhance that a lot better for sure. Because oil is so cheap now, recycling plastic has become economically a burden. Uh, whereas there were a lot of recycling factories in Hong Kong, but also around the world, which, uh, which are now going out of business because it doesn't make sense from a financial point of view. So there has to be some sort of government incentivization yeah. to, to subsidize this activity. And I think it's basically a combination of customers wanting to pay a premium for these expensive procedures to happen, 
uh, for products that you know are being recycled or upcycled, and also government subsidizing the people on the ground collecting it and then processing it. Because I don't think just customers alone can make it uh, can make it work. I don't know. Does it does it work for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it. The breaking down of plastic in terms of reuse to be able to reuse it. I mean, I I have a a good friend that has a towels made out of recycled plastic, and the process is is yeah, Rupert Bird, yeah, 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 yeah. They make really good plastic towels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) She's not. I don't think she's uh, here, but uh, uh, she'll like that we gave her a little plug. Um, So HK Permi said. Oh, with our wallets, absolutely. We, that's what we have to do. We have to go with our wallets and yeah. buy brands, which are um, a more sustainable, well, a, a, adhere at least to SDG goals, such as number six, and have a stronger CSR. So vote with your wallets and buy Mazu. Yeah. Well, the recycled plastic stuff will we'll slowly change over to recycled plastic shorts as soon as we can. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, I just like... Quick. Oh, sorry, carry on. No, no, go for it. No, go for it. Uh, I'm just going to quickly switch gears here because I, I got into a, a little bit of a heated debate about this. I don't know if you've heard about the the recent scandal with Oatly. I'm a big fan of Oatly. I drink Oatly. And then all this uh, this um, cancel campaigns come out to, to uh, get rid of it because Blackstone is one of the investors and they actually use canola oil. And a lot of people are now... A lot of campaigners and activists are saying, "Don't, don't drink Oatly," uh, which draws into question, like, you know, how far do you go? Like, by using recycled plastic in your brand, Adam, are you actually doing any? Is it actually doing any good, or is it more greenwash? Where do you draw the line? I'm, I know, I, I mean, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think at the end of the day, like, it's about building awareness, right? If, if I can, I mean, I'm not the perfect advocate of, you know, ha- having uh, to reduce plastic and actually in the next month or so I'm going to try and reduce as much plastic I'm going to, going to do a video blog every day uh, starting from today uh, and try and we talked about this and going to try and really go through Hong Kong life by only using well try to use as least single plastic as possible so yeah stay tuned I'll, I'll keep a video blog of how that's going It. I think it's about building the awareness I think like my company is no, you know, no Adidas or no kind of big brands, but, you know, we, we don't produce that, that big volumes. But at the end of the day, it's about building the awareness and kind of making people more conscious about it. Obviously, people are doing it already with the straws. Five years ago, people were, were using plastic straws and now the awareness and making people think about it. And, it, you know, five years on, I've not used a straw for over you know, three, four months. And if I do use a straw, it's one of those kind of uh, uh, reusable ones or metal ones or, or things like that. So, and then obviously with the plastic bags, you know, all supermarkets now in Hong Kong, especially, and I know in other places around the world have reduced, have completely cut uh, plastic bags. And I think it's just about building the awareness. If I can spread the message on, even if it affects one or two people, those one or two people could affect two or three people and then eventually we can slowly make a change. Whether it makes effect, I don't think, I don't think I'm, I mean, you have a lot more followers than me, but I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think I have 
that much influence on people to tell them not to use plastic as much as possible. Right. Well, everyone's going to do their bit. Um, and Richard just came back yeah. saying, steps in production of recycled plastic is something his brand are continually scrutinizing and the development over the last two, three years has been incredibly promising. Thanks, Richard. So there is progress on that front. Uh, Lam Jackie, uh, last question. Recycling plastic towels reduce microplastics pollution? That's a good question because you're recycling, you're recycling plastic and then you're potentially putting that microplastic back into the ocean when you wash it. And I don't think that's really been thought out yet. I think, I think Lam Jackie or Jackie probably, uh, you got to use a guppy bag to wash your synthetic yeah. towel in the guppy bag. That stops the microplastic from getting into the water, which then goes into the ocean. So I hope that um, that helps, which is a good point, actually. It brings me to this. Like, you know, I think part of the problem is you're an entrepreneur. It's hard enough to pay the bills, in this, especially in this economy. There's no, like, manual out there to say, this is the guide to being a social or sustainable entrepreneur. I mean, you kind of have to go yeah. out and fudge your way through or walk, you know, fumble in the dark. And uh, this is something that we've been trying to think about in Project Sea Change is like, how do we create a community where there are successful entrepreneurs out there who can actually say, this is what you do. These are the suppliers uh, for this kind of product, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Adam, I don't know if you had a, any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, try, I mean, I spent years trying to find the right fabric and, and I'm sure there are thousands of people trying to find the same kind of uh, recycled fabric as well. And it's, it's probably um, a good thing that the community helps each other as well. Like I think it's very important for everyone to share. If anyone's looking for sustainable brands, I think it's also very important to share amongst the community as well. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, I think everyone can do their part. It's all about those little details and all those little bits because at the end of the day all those little things will add up to one big thing i've got a towel here and actually it's not like it's it's done by rupert and bird and like i think the yeah it's very hard to see them but i think i, I need to get myself a gupping bag <laughs> get a guppy bag um yeah i had a great question from my good friend sean fitzpatrick the other sean in the sean sandwich um, he is, he has asked a very question and he brought this up the other day. He was like, he's heard that or read an article about the fact that recycled plastic fibers are so hot right now. The brands are actually buying new plastic bottles, melting them down to meet the demand for recycled plastic. So how can brands like yourself be aware or sure of the provenance of the recycled plastic? Cause that's a good point. If you're, if you're taking a plastic bottle and then melting it down to make more yeah. recycled plastic products it's kind of uh, negates the whole point thank you Sean. yeah I, I i heard about i heard about this i heard some factories in china are trying to because they're trying to hop on the whole recycled plastic bandwagon and um there are certain certificates that are out there that you can ask this, ask the factory to send you and make sure you double check and do your due diligence and things like that and um yeah, because when I started working with the likes of the W and the Four Seasons, I had to make sure, you know, because if they're doing audit, I had to make sure that, you know, <laughs> I won't get in trouble. And I, you know, I went to go visit the factory and see the whole process as well as have the certificates to kind of show 
that it is made from recycled because they get it from recycling plants. Now, where the recycling plant gets it from is it's hard to say because they get it from different sources from because gov- Chinese government are a lot better than Hong Kong government when it comes to recycling programs. It, it's hard to say if the recycle comes from the ocean because they basically bring it all together and then they kind of break it down and you know use it there. But they do get their sources from multiple different things that are recycling programs from the government, you know, picking up from oceans and, and different things like that. So it's hard to say exactly, you know, I can't say, oh, I picked up this, this bottle from, you know, Thailand one, and then now it's in the factory. It, it, it doesn't work like that, uh, unfortunately. I would love to make a product that's like specifically trash that's picked up from a certain region and then, then do something with that. But I don't, don't know yet at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let, let's keep, keep trying and, um, you know, the more that we collaborate, the better. So uh, we're coming to an end of our little Changemakers interview. Were there any points that you wanted to add, Adam? No, I mean, I, like I said, I think um, the most important thing is that I think we all we all do our part. I mean, like I'm, I'm in a fortunate position where I have started my own company almost eight years ago now. And the goal for me was to always kind of, go down the sustainable route it, unfortunately eight years ago I couldn't go down that route because a I didn't find the right I mean I couldn't find the right amount to invest in and things like that so money was definitely a factor in the early stages and then also the fabric wasn't so developed eight years ago and now it is and it's definitely the way forward but like I think for me it's 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 all we can all do our part I mean when it comes to fashion I think we have to use what we wear multiple times not just one time use or kind of wear it for one season and and i've been guilty i i when i was a struggling entrepreneur still struggling entrepreneur i went to uniqlo i bought some t-shirts for cheap price you know like that's because you know sometimes that's what that's what you have to do to 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 survive but um i think the key is to have more than one use that's that's the most important thing i think if everyone can just use things more than once especially for what they intend for, then at least we can reduce things by half, I think, at least. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an achievable longevity, reuse it, and, uh, you know, buy from sustainable brands. Um, so yeah. thank you, Adam. That's, that's helpful. Um, thank you, Richard, for the uh, good questions. Check out Tsunami Sports, everyone. They seem to be a brand on the pulse. Yeah. Uh, of course, make sure you check out Mazu Resort Wear. I, um, I yeah. wear them all the time, Ocean. We yeah. will also be organizing, I think we're gonna do a collaborative uh, paddleboard beach cleanup soon. So yes. keep your ears peeled. Thank you for joining, Adam. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did and uh, hope you learned something. And don't forget to check out Guppy bags when you wash your laundry, because that could help uh, stop the microplastics from seeping into the water. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, thank you, Sean F. Thank you, Katrina. And bye for now. <laughs> See you, Adam. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Our Future Nature. Please remember to like and subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you enjoyed the podcast, it would really help if you could take a minute to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Much appreciated. Please follow us on Instagram at Our Future Nature Pod for behind the scenes and extra information. You can also follow me at Sean Lee Davis 
want to be updated on the work that I do in green entrepreneurship, advocacy, and conservation. And finally, Our Future Nature was produced and powered by Authentic Studio. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.